Welcome to a much-anticipated edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Bubba, could we be any more stoked, any more excited about this edition of Rick and Bubba University? Rick, we are pumped. We've been a fan of this man for a long time. We've wanted to have him on the show. We want to have him on the podcast. And today is the day. He's two-time coach of the year. He's head coach at Mississippi State University, Mike Leach. Coach, welcome to the Rick and Bubba show, Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. No, I appreciate your having me on. I've uh, heard a lot about you guys, and I've gotten calls from uh, friends as far away as Wyoming and as far east as Georgia, and they – you know, it's kind of funny because you've got a big uh, uh, fan out there in, in Wyoming, uh, up in uh, around Pinedale, Wyoming, uh, who went to high school with my dad. Uh, I went to high school with his dad, and uh, and I and I think that uh, some cir- circuitous course. Uh, that's kind of how we got in touch with each other. Well, you you know this, Coach. I mean, this, this has been your life. If you can't go through the normal procedures and the normal avenues, you just find a way to make it happen. So we just went on the air and said, look, if anybody knows Coach Leach, get us in touch with him. We want to have him on. And as you said, we worked it through an, an old friend. We even have a listener who is a huge fan of you as a coach at Washington State. And he heard us trying to get you to the SEC because we've been trying to get you in the SEC for years, and and he would beg us, please stop. We do not want him to leave. <laughs> he and, was mad at us. Yeah, he's he even he even emailed me today and said, "Don't blow it with Coach Leach. <laughs> Y'all finally have him, so go ahead." Well, I'll tell you, it was great. I really liked it out there at Washington State. It's a great place, great people, great fans, and then. Uh, but you know, also sometimes you want to see what's on the on the other side of the mountain, and so it's uh, it's great to be back in the SEC. Well, Coach, we just think you're good for football. We think you're good for the SEC, SEC West, and and we're glad to have you on today. Uh, we want you to have a good time. We're we're we always have a good time, and and we want you to have one too. Uh, Coach, is there anything particular you want to talk about or don't want to talk about today? Yeah, we're wide open. I'm pre- I'm pretty good on everything, you know. Uh, you know, it's it's like all those things. If uh, uh, I answer pretty much any question, I don't always uh, uh, address the question. I might talk about whatever I feel I'm talking about then, but. Uh, you know, kind of a kind of a Bill Clinton approach. <laughs> well, well, coach, you, let me ask you this: we'll, we'll start with a fun one, and we'll kind of kind of work our way back into football, and then some other things. But if, if you had a walkout song as coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, something that reflected your personality, what would you tell them to play for you? Oh, uh, like you like you being like the. Uh, the on deck circle, yeah, like the baseball the players get. Yeah, right. here, here comes here I'm, comes Coach Mike Leach, and they should play what song? Oh man, that's a uh, oh, that's a great question. Um, because I'll tell you, I actually I'll see players, and sometimes I'll be giving my wife a bad time, and I'll tell her that that'd be her song if she's in a movie and walked on the screen. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it would be a good one. You know, when I was a kid, we listened to Fire on the Mountain a lot. And, and I grew up in Cody, Wyoming. And and, 
and I listened to uh, Fire on the Mountain quite a bit because uh, uh, even though the Marshall Tucker band wasn't from anywhere near Wyoming, they would come through and do concerts sometimes. That's a good one. Uh, so, so what about the, let's get real serious for a minute. You came, of course, to to Mississippi State, and you're not unfamiliar with the South. We we talked about this. As a matter of fact, my dad, Bill Burgess, uh, was head football coach at Jacksonville State University uh, from '85 to '97. Uh, and uh, and I, I know- actually I actually met him. We played them. Oh yeah, at Valdosta State. Yeah. Yeah, we played the uh, we played them in an epic game in the snow or kind of the, the freezing rain. Yeah, and and so when I heard you on another podcast talking about the heat in Valdosta, I remember going on the road when Dad was coaching at Jacksonville State and going to the Valdosta Jacksonville State games that would be in Valdosta. Not that Jacksonville is a warm place. I mean, a cool a cooler place, place, a cooler yeah. place. But there's something about the heat in Valdosta and the humidity. And the humidity, trapped in there yeah. So it's not like you ha- haven't been there before. Yeah, uh, no. I mean, Valdosta's got crazy heat because you're you're right on the shores of the Okefenokee Swamp, and uh, so it's real humid, almost vacuum humid heat, and. Uh, as humid as the South gets, it's more humid in Valdosta because we're in the Gulf South Conference where we play teams from Mississippi, uh, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and Arkansas. And, um, and you know, as you talk to the coaches and the guys on the other teams, they would all complain about the heat in Valdosta. And, uh, and it was hot, and actually our setting there in Valdosta was kind of like the one at Jacksonville State was. I mean, you come to our stadium, and it was tight quarters, and um, and we always drew well, too. At Valdosta, even though Division Two, we draw 13,000 people, and then, um, oh, you know, there'd be uh, barbecues going on outside. There'd be like kind of sections, neighborhoods in the stands where, you know, these were these fans, those were those fans and and uh, you know, all the different uh type of groups, you know, and, and oh yeah, they'd yell and scream and what a great place uh playing in Valdosta. Yeah, know? so so Mississippi State weather I mean, and people were talking about you coming from I said he didn't get he's been to Valdosta. This is nothing to him. <laughs> I mean but being in the deep south is not new to Mike Leach. Yeah, Val, yeah, Valdosta is hotter than it uh, than it gets here, um, but it's very pleasant here. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm looking out on a pond, and it's uh, it's probably going to be 75 degrees today, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's outstanding. As a matter of fact, I went uh, paddleboarding out here uh, yesterday, yesterday, and. The thing I didn't understand, even though it wasn't that warm, yes, yesterday was probably in the 60s, uh, the mid-60s. But for whatever reason, the water in this pond's real warm. I don't know why. I mean, because it's uh, remarkably warm uh, when you consider that, uh, you know, it hasn't even totally warmed up yet. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to it yet. Let me ask you another question, because we, you've had comments about this in the past, and Bubba and I have talked about this on the show. Does it surprise you that the sport of football, there's not one football team at any level that we can find that uses the mascot, the rhino? 
Why, well, how can a football team not be called the Rhinos? Why, like that would be why has that one. never yeah. happened? Uh, uh, I don't know. You know, in, in Texas, there's a team called the Hutto Hippos. Right. But uh, it is disturbing. I think there's a few that get left out. I mean, there's 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 way too many. Um, there's there's way too many uh, tigers. Right. Okay. Uh, there's too many bulldogs. Only Mississippi State should be the bulldogs, and <laughs> everybody else should have to think of their own damn mascot. Um, and, and then um, the, uh, but I think there's too few. I think there's too few. Uh, uh, there's too few sharks. There's too few gorillas. There's uh, uh, like you say, I can't think of any rhinos. I mean, how outstanding would that be, right? Well, you know that's got football written all over it. Yeah, you can know? you imagine that silver and black p- picture? You know? Yes, picture. You know the, the the big image on the scoreboard. I mean, this giant rhino. You know, and, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome. To, and and then and then the rhino. Welcome to the field, your rhino. And the rhino comes through the screen. You know, and you see it running, and the stampede of rhinos. Your team hits the field. I mean, our hats have got the you know the giant horn coming out of the top of them. How Rhino has never yeah. made it as a mascot of a football team is beyond me. And, and their biggest sponsor is that group that paint the bed of the trucks. You know that stuff, oh, that yeah. Rhino cover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that'd be awesome, especially down here. I'll, I'll, uh, one of the greatest, most legendary uh, uh, Division Two teams. I think we're Division Two then, but was uh, the Pitt State Gorillas. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We played the, them in the national times. championship twice. Was it twice? Twice. Or three yeah, times? They, they beat Jacksonville State one, one year, and then Jacksonville State come back two years later and beat them again. Well, how about that though? You go into the stands, so you go you go into the stadium, and uh, and the student section is over there by the visitors tunnel, and and, and the students uh, <clears throat> and they start playing "Welcome to the Jungle." Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, as the opponent gets ready to come out there on the field, those students are all armed with bananas. Yes, I see it. Just firing them at the opponent. (laughs) Get drilled in the helmet with bananas. Hey, you're in the jungle now, you know. Gosh, that's a great idea. And the concession stand sells banana splits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh State. That's a win-win for me. And like I say, we played them two years in a row at Jacksonville State, lost one and then won the other. It might have been two out of three years. But, yeah, I saw that, and I thought, man, this has been underutilized. I can't believe there's not more teams called the Gorillas. And, frankly, I'm aghast at no use of rhinos. Coach Mike Leach is our guest, and we'll be right back with more with him when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. All right, Coach Mike Leach, our guest, our, our long sought-after guest. Now, I don't know if you know this, Coach, but I my one of my middle sons actually attends Mississippi State, so I've been going to the games. I've been doing the tailgating, and then you finally get to Mississippi State. We're fired up. We're stoked. And then, boom, the pandemic hits. No tailgating. Uh, uh, hardly any fans allowed in the stands. A strange year. What in the world was that like for you to make the transition to a new team only to discover you've got to play your first season in a pandemic? What in the world was that like? You know, I think – they kept you pretty occupied with uh, by changing the story, changing the news, and changing the direction uh, every few days. I mean, it was uh, you know, it was a very joyless period. Um, 
you know, you can't come and, uh, and everybody's excited about football and, and that's whether you're new or not, you know, I mean, uh, just the opportunity to go play, the opportunity to practice, the opportunity to be in an exciting place and get to know, uh, interesting, exciting people. And, um, you know, you kind of just waited for the, the next year to fall and, uh, and just, and even now, even now, um, you, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, today I have a call with the conference, um, you know, on how we're going to do, um, uh, you know, thoughts on stuff like off season and things. And, um, um, you know, even now we're trying to put together schedules to counter punch uh, COVID and, uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a nuisance, and it was a uh, 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 it was disrupting everything we did. Really, I mean, I got it really early on. Like just when you started hearing about it in the newspapers, I went and did a conference in Boston. I um, <clears throat> I spoke at the the Sloan uh, Athletic Conference at MIT, and then they. Uh, plane full of Boston people to and from, and uh, evidently the pandemic hit there first. And actually, two weeks later, there was an article in the newspaper about uh, people getting it uh, uh, from uh, the conference uh, center there in Boston. Anyway, I was one of them. And so then um, there was spring break, so I was in Key West, and a day later, <clears throat> I had COVID. You know, and I had all the stuff, and um, no, it was two and a half days. It's a, it's a total, you know, kind of a bad flu, and then after that, you need to sleep a lot, at least in my case. But it, but it was shrouded in mystery then because you, you couldn't test for it, and nobody knew exactly what it was, and wash your hands a lot, and stay away from everybody. And so anyway, so so it went, and then then they said, well, don't come back to campus. Um, that was the exact week that they started closing schools. You know, don't come back to campus. So we're doing all this stuff by uh, phone. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, in, in the midst of all this, I mean, dare I say government control comes to mind. Oh, yeah. And um, so, yeah, but, it, you know, I'll tell you this. I, occasionally you got guys that aren't excited to practice. I haven't had any guys not excited to practice either including uh, last year's uh, semi-marathon season. I mean, guys are really excited to practice once they're uh, deprived the opportunity to be around one another and work there, thrilled to, to, to work, to be, and be around each other, I think, is is a thing that uh, everybody missed the most, you know. Coach, since we're on the COVID-19, Rick and I both had it too, uh, had fairly mild cases. What What are your thoughts on the vaccine? Or, or have you got it? Are you going to get it? What, what's your general take on that? I'm, I'm kind of curious. I mean, uh, uh, I think we've all developed some trust issues in the midst of, uh, uh, you know, the the government, the CDC, and the vaccine in general. Um, but also... Uh, you know, I, uh, I have a lot of confidence in our country uh, having the ability to find solutions to problems when they really focus on them. Uh, and so I haven't got the vaccine yet. It's mainly been just because I've been busy and, and 
you know, doing all the other stuff. And I don't know what category I fit in, but I think pretty quick when they open it up to everybody, then I can, I can get one. And, uh, but, uh, you know, but I'll, at the same time, I kind of, I'm kind of looking, wait and see, you know, it's almost like uh, watching food testers a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> every day, yeah. every day we know a little more. Yeah. Don't we? yeah. I've still got, we still have the antibodies and there's no way I'm going to get it until the antibodies have faded away. Cause it didn't make any sense to me. And I've heard all the, Oh, but your antibodies won't protect you from a variant. I don't know that I buy that or not. Uh, and, and somehow magically the vaccine will. Uh, so that I'm with well, you. Well, the, I'm thinking on my antibodies lasting a long, long time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just hard when they they say the shot's supposed to make you have antibodies. I've already got them. Why do I need a shot? No, thanks. I have some. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but... uh, the other thing is they get the shot, and they're still wearing the mask the whole time. I mean... Why am I going to go get a shot if I have to wear the mask anyway, you know? Coach, exactly. We've said all along that Fauci may be a great uh, doctor and he may know viruses, but he don't know uh, PR because if you want everybody to get vaccinated, you got to give them a carrot at the end of this of no mask. Yeah, he he, he has no future in the sports information department because he doesn't know how to sell tickets. Look, if, if you want people to go. Well, he's, he's, made, he's made his 15 minutes last longer than Lance Edo was able to make his last. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, hey, hey, Fauci, if you want people to get the get the vaccine, don't sell them on go ahead and take it and nothing changes. Yeah. That's yeah. not a good selling point. Yeah, that doesn't get me fired oh, up. Yeah, get us out of this mask. You may have us with our rolling our sleeves up. Yeah, you tell me I go to well, SEC football game, I'll get two shots and roll. Alone. Yeah, that, that's a, yeah. That was a whole other adventure. The wearing the mask during the uh, during the games, you know. I mean, uh, heck, I don't get near anybody anyway, you know. And, uh, yeah. yeah, but we're out there with masks, and uh, uh, yeah, it's a different story. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll come back. I want to ask you some more about the, the actual coaching experience. Uh, in the middle of that uh, when our conversation with Coach Mike Leach continues on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, so Bubba, let's talk a little bit about Patriot Mobile. Uh, They just expanded their coverage dramatically, uh, which will make it easier for even more Americans to dump the big-name carriers who are charging, in in a lot of opinions, and I agree, way too much. And then you feel kind of odd because you're stuck with these carriers that sometimes politically then take the money they've taken from you and then they go support uh, a lot of uh, leftist organizations that you may not want to support. And you think, well, Rick, I don't have a choice. We talk about this on the show all the time. Well, I mean, give me a choice and then I may make the move. Well, Patriot Mobile does give you a choice. Uh, They never send a penny uh, to any of these organizations. They'll never silence you. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And you can switch with confidence because they use the same network as the larger providers, but they charge much less. And switching is easy. You keep your phone number, bring your own phone if you want to, or you can buy a new one. Build your own bundle with a multi-line discount, save even more. So here's what you need to do. Here's our call to action. Go to patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba. That's patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba. You can also call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Now, veterans and first responders, you're going to save even more. This month, get free Premier Activation, where they set up the phone for you and a special gift 
with our offer code Rick Bubba. That's PatriotMobile.com, Rick Bubba. PatriotMobile.com slash Rick Bubba or 972-PATRIOT. Rick and Bubba University with Coach Mike Leach today, and um, we're talking about uh, him first year in the SEC as head coach at Mississippi State, uh, and it turns into a pandemic year, and we talked about all the challenges of, hey, we're going to play uh, – SEC-only schedule. We, we're not going to have hardly anybody in the stands. We're not going to tailgate. You may be able to practice today. You may not. You contact tracing. Oh, wear a mask while you're out on an open field. Um, you, you, it, it was a lot to have to deal with, uh, but hopefully that that is behind, uh, and, and maybe this, this season looks a little different. Coach, l- let me ask you this from a strategy standpoint. The SEC is a tough conference. The SEC West is – I think easily you can say the toughest division in all of college football. How do you how do you deal with having the Alabama team right there in Tuscaloosa? They've been wildly successful under Nick Saban. How do you ever cut into that success? How how are you going to to help change that balance of power in the SEC West? How do you even approach that? You know, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm the kiss of death when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, wherever I end up, they end up being the toughest division in uh, <laughs> the country. I, well, think about it. So I go to, I go to, uh, I was in Oklahoma, and then I go to Texas Tech, and in the Big 12 uh, South was indisputably the toughest uh, division in football at the time. And, uh, were previously not so much, but every year we'd wake up and in the top five you'd have uh, you'd have uh, Oklahoma, Texas, and Nebraska uh, uh, just in the top five, and heck, we had to play those suckers, you know. Yeah. And then I then I go to the Pac-12, and that's when the the Pac-12 North is uh, raging and breathing fire. Although I think at the um, at the time I, I was in the Pac-12, uh, that's about the time when the SEC, uh, the SEC West really emerged. Because when I was in the SEC the first time in Kentucky, that was back in the day when nobody thought in history ever uh, throughout their lifetimes always the SEC East would be the best. And that was, you know, uh, I mean, think about the quarterback, just the quarterbacks alone. So. Um, you had Danny Warfel at Florida. You had uh, Peyton Manning at Tennessee. You had Tim Couch at Kentucky. You had uh, Quincy Carter at Georgia. Yeah, I mean, uh, they had, no one would ever defeat the SEC East, you know. So then, well, it didn't take too long. I mean, the, the power transferred to SEC uh, West, and that was kind of a – it happened quite rapidly, really. And then um, – uh, but anyway, so it, it, I guess to answer your question, it's kind of business as usual. You know, you scratch and claw and try to become the best team you can. And, and uh, you know, practice, I think, to me, practice is the, is the funnest part of it. I love games, but they don't let you have games every day. And then, um, and then uh, but, uh, you know, as you see guys improve and, and get better and do the things that they do and just do them better. And so... Yeah, I really like uh, practice, and I like, and I think that's where you start to see uh, your team shape up, and then uh, you know, in the end, you just do the best you can. I mean, that's all you can control is 
uh, like John Wooden used to say, your best is always enough and because uh, that's all you've got. And if you keep doing your best, then you're going to raise that ceiling. And then, uh, you know, and, and, and then the other thing is, is uh, you know, you'll see sometimes a team's good enough to beat somebody, but they're just not, you know, gritty enough or tough enough to believe they can. And so, you know, that's that's a thing. Uh, that program at Alabama, that you know, they didn't happen overnight. That, that thing's been that thing's been building for decades. Even if they have a uh, you know a, a year that's not as good as the last one or the next one, but uh, the uh, that thing's been building for decades. And so, you know, you just got to build and plug away. So, what do you think at, at Mississippi State? Do you think one of the things, first of all, I think any program that has any long-term success, I'm not talking about flash in the pan, but long-term success, at some point they have to figure out who they are. And then they have to do what they do extremely well, recruit for that. And, and no matter coaches come and go as far as assistance like you've seen at Alabama, as long as there's some sort of system, I know that Saban calls it process, and that's fine. I'm, you know, But even when my dad was coaching, his teams, they he had he had his philosophies. He knew how, how he thought you won football games. He recruited the the type of player, not just athletically, but attitude and everything. And then he established a program. And I think now with all the things that are allowed to happen with transferring portals and all these different things, you know, get, establishing a program seems to be harder than it than it's ever been because of the the, the constant change. But uh, do you think at Mississippi State one of the things that uh, one of the things ahead of you is for them to actually, like you said, get a mindset instead of we may win, we may not. Let's get a mindset uh, that we actually expect to win. Uh, and you know, because when you get that attitude, a team that expects to win, when the game's going sour, they go, well, now we're going to have to find a more difficult way to eventually win this game. A team that that has an attitude of that, that an inferiority complex says, well, here we go again. So how do you change that mentality? I'll tell you that, uh, well, first of all, I think a team definitely needs an identity. I mean, that, that's the most important thing as far as being able to accomplish anything. You know, who are you? I mean, what, what are you as a team? And that, that, and I think you want to be as specific as you can. You know, well, what's your philosophy, offense, defense, special teams? And then, um, and then what's your... Uh, <clears throat> You know, even just the basic uh, how your team carries themselves. One thing we talk about early and often is body language. I mean, uh, have good body language and, and make sure that uh, uh, that uh, you know the other team can see that you have uh, good body language. That your body language is such that uh, it affects somebody around you to be better to or to pick them up. Okay, and then the other thing I think. Uh, uh, with regard to the mentality, that is really one of the toughest things. And that's uh, one of the things that I've thought uh, most about, really. Um, you know, as I went to Tech, as I went to Washington State, all of them, you know, had won so much before. Um, the, uh, you know, you got you got to feel like, you know, there's a point where you got to feel like you're worthy of the victory. You know, yeah. if, if if you got those guys uh, <clears throat> superior and things like that, that uh, you're not going to let yourself win the thing. You might as well not even be there, you know. But, 
you know, the thing about it is there's surprises every week. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's surprises every week. And so, you know, and kind of like the Boston Red Sox that won the World Series carrying it through, you know, they're underdogs. Why not us? You know, the whole why not us thing. And Correct. then, and then um, but there's surprises every week. And, and, and so one of those surprises might as well be you. you know? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> to, to, to the positive, you know, I mean, uh, screw everybody else's surprise. No, the only surprise that counts is right here, you know? Right. And then, um, I don't know. Then there's a point to where you can kind of, I think one thing is if you can kind of make it fun and people are kind of rallying around that type of thing. And, and it's not just a matter of telling them, the, telling them the thing like I'm telling you. I mean, there's a point to where it's just got a, there's a, there's a collective energy that takes place with a team and with a group. I mean, they call it momentum, but I've heard guys say there isn't, Momentum. Well, those people are out of their mind. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's when um, it's when a, a whole group of people all think or uh, do things at uh, the same time. You know, it's almost like uh, uh, you know, you, you some, occasionally you'll go into a bar somewhere and, and you'll see a bachelorette party. Okay, like where <laughs> you know they have all the energy, all the. Uh, uh, costumes somewhat similar, uh, thinking and talking the same way. Well, if you can get your, 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 your team, uh, to have a unified mentality, um, then I think that it, it really makes kind of, a, uh, it, you know, brings the people together in a way where they almost get distracted with, uh, <clears throat> the being together, the teamwork, uh, all for one, one for all, uh, you know, that they'll just, uh, you know, make you make the most out of capturing the moment. And everybody's, everybody's felt that before too, where you get the point in the game yeah. and, uh, you kind of, you almost know the, the answer or the result uh, of the play before you call it or before you run it, cause you're all on the same page. And the thing is, if you think about it, that's all just a bunch of decisions and you somehow have to get everybody on that team making that same decision at the same time. When you do, uh, it's tough to stop. And a, a good example of it is, is uh, oh, I've been behind games, like behind, just outright behind. Okay, we kick a field goal right before half going in. Yeah. Okay? And we're still behind. Okay? But uh, I remember against Nebraska one time. Okay, we're still behind. Our team is all excited. We kicked the field goal. Yeah, okay, now that's the way we do it. You know, we can do it over and over. And then, and then, um, and then everybody on the other team, they're upset, hanging their head. Well, that energy shouldn't change that easily, right. but it does. You know, it does and it can. So we're going to come back and and talk to Coach Leach and, and ask some some what we would call suggested questions and things from the Rick and Bubba audience that they want us to ask Coach Leach. Leach, when we continue with Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, so Bubba, let's talk a little bit about Bambi B A M B E E because let's face it, uh, if you need an HR manager and you're a small company, how about they don't just? I mean, they're not they're not inexpensive. That that demands a high salary, $70,000 on average a year. Uh, and you may be a small company saying, look, I need to handle the HR issues because they can kill my business. 
But wow, what an investment. I think we may have the answer for you. You got it. Spell it out. B-A-M-B-E-E, created specifically for small businesses. Uh, You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. Uh, See, with Bambi, you can change HR from the biggest liability and turn that into your biggest strength. Uh, your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat, uh, and they handle hey, people coming on board to terminations. They customize your policies to fit your business, and they help you manage your employees day-to-day all for just $99 a month. And I'm talking about that straightforward. There's going to be no hidden fees, and if you don't like it, you can cancel anytime. So right now, why don't you go to Bambi.com slash Rick Bubba and schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Rick and Bubba. Uh, spell out BAM, B-A-M, and then B, B-E-E dot com slash Rick Bubba, and get your free HR audit today. Coach Mike Leach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Coach, we had listeners call in uh, during the show today and ask us questions that they wanted us to ask you or listed questions. So I want to throw a couple of them at you real quick. Uh, if you could be and do a cameo in a TV show or a movie, what what TV show or movie would you like to do a cameo in? Uh, well, the only one I ever have uh, was Friday Night Lights. I was in Friday Night Lights in the fourth season, um, which that was kind of fun. Um Oh, I'll tell you one. Uh, uh, honestly, what I'd love to do a cameo in, and I watch, uh, I watch an episode. Uh, I've started watching an episode every night before I go to bed. I'd like to do a cameo in Gunsmoke. <laughs> Matt Dillon. You're watching Gunsmoke now. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on the ones, the real early ones, where he walks, uh, where he walks through Luke Hill at the beginning of the episode. I mean... Right now, I'm so early. Festus isn't on there yet. Wow, that's I mean, you, yeah. so so you found these on one of these streaming apps or something? <clears throat> well, I found it somewhere on the TV, and and you know, uh, and everybody's seen Gunsmoke. Or, um, <clears throat> well, I don't know if I want to meet people that haven't, but um, right, the the uh, uh, Gunsmoke. Uh, uh, there's a. <clears throat> You know, and then you see some newer ones, some older ones. Well, this had it split up by season, so I'm on season one. Of oh, that's Gunsmoke. fantastic! Fantastic. Well, that's good. You got hey, a few so, to go. So the very first episode, okay, the very first episode, because I guess Gunsmoke asked uh, John Wayne to be Matt Dillon, okay, and then they named James Arnest Matt Dillon. But at the beginning of the first episode, John Wayne, uh, you know, introduces James Arnett. How about that? I didn't know that. No, I didn't either. Huh. So you'd like to make a cameo on that one? Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things you've talked about in the past. Do you remember when your former quarterbacks, Jesse Brown, by any chance? I think he played for you maybe. Yeah, I do. Did you know? Yeah, he's, ro- he's rodeoing. I, I, uh Where's he at now? They they say he's like one of the best steer wrestlers in the country. Did you know that? No, but it wouldn't surprise me. And if uh, randomly I have, uh, oh, 
several years back, uh, several years back, a guy put Snapchat on my phone. I don't even know how to do it, but uh, I do know how to, when you get to it, you poke uh, the thing and, uh, you know, sometimes it'll, the, the stuff will pop up. Well, anyway, Jesse Brown pops up, you know, asking, you know, <clears throat> who wants to be friends or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, Jesse Brown, I wanted to keep up with uh, Jesse Brown because, you know, he was a backup quarterback for me, and and I was always kind of impressed with him. And then um, uh, just a good guy. I mean, uh, he thought he should play more than I thought he should play. But, um, <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, from Oregon, and then um, – uh, but I was always curious and, and always a little captivated uh, by the fact he was into rodeo. And so I have seen him, you know, going to his rodeo events, you know, whatever he puts on Snapchat, I've seen that. Because I'd get rid of it, and I would have got rid of it years ago, but my um, my daughter puts clips of the grandkids on there, and oh, so okay. that's the biggest reason it still exists. But um and then, well, and so then um, I had talked to Jesse about it because I'm from Cody, Wyoming, which uh, refers to itself as the rodeo capital of the world because they have a rodeo virtually every day uh, in the summer. Um, and then so you, everybody will come through there. No matter how good you are, everybody will come through there. Yeah. But how did you run across Jesse? A caller to the show today said, ask him about Jesse Brown and tell him that he's a premier steer wrestler. Because when I was – I didn't re- realize he was uh, steer wrestling as much, and it wouldn't surprise me. I thought he was roping at the time. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I knew he got into rodeo, and I also uh, know that he stuck with it because, uh, you know, he pops up on the yeah. Snapchat with belt buckles and uh, wranglers and um, <laughs> and pickups headed somewhere. You know, being a, being a rodeo guy's... Uh, <clears throat> And these two worlds never meet, but being a rodeo guy is kind of like being a surfer. You're always traveling, yeah, um, always traveling uh, to the next event, and then yeah, um, uh, in and out of uh, the doctor's office in some cases, if not that, the vet. And uh, but it's a lifestyle that would be pretty fun. I mean, if uh, I've always thought it would be, you know, the thing that gets you is uh, all the people you meet and. You know, I'm going to meet up with so-and-so in Cheyenne. Well, hey, are you going to Santa Fe? Yeah, I'm going to Santa Fe. <laughs> yeah. How about Denver City? Well, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know if I'm going to Denver City, but um, but I'll be uh, up in the real Denver when that one happens. You know, so it goes. So, uh, But all over Wyoming, there's rodeo. And then, oh, yeah. and then, of course, I think Jesse, I don't know if he's from around Pendleton or where, but anyway. Maybe he should have played safety. I mean, uh, <laughs> he might have. He might have got more time. He's in. roping and wrestling yeah. steer, coach. Let, let me well, ask it, you. It, it, he, it, he was he, he was built that he could wrestle steer. You know, the big chest and stuff like that. Uh, um, might have to bring his horse to play safety, but no, I I enjoy, I enjoyed coaching him and um um and uh, but anyway that. And then I didn't know how long he'd stick with it, but I know he's still in it in some form or fashion. Coach, your your love of pirates has been well documented. And, of course, our listeners wanted to know your favorite pirate and why. Well, um, and there's actually a pretty good pirate deal on TV right now. Um, 
called Pirate Kingdom somebody told me about, which kind of gives some interesting history and stuff on them. Um, well, Blackbeard's hard to ignore just because, you know, very, uh, just a very unique, dynamic guy. I mean, he's a big, huge guy and a very ruthless guy. And, um, then, uh, uh, you know, and went up and down the, the coast and is closer to, you know, where, you know, we know about and relate to. Um, and then, uh, uh, then you had some really efficient pirates that were literally businessmen, you know, I mean, um, like Bartholomew Roberts, Black Bar to, uh, who, um, uh, you know, he'd have a fleet. He, he didn't drink either. Uh, and then you have, uh, uh, oh, Black Caesar. There were two Black Caesars, um, down in the Key West area. And then, um, there's, a, a another, a, a guy, a fan from out in Catalina Island, um, uh, sent me a chunk of a ship. And it was from my old wrecked yeah. Chinese pirate ship. Wow. And sent me a, so I got a cool board that I'm going to hang on my wall, you know. Oh, man, let, let me tell you, that's fantastic. Now, we don't that have a, we got, how do you ask Mike Leach one more question with three minutes to go in the podcast? I know, what, I know, we got to get one in. You uh, got one? Yeah, well, I, 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 people want to ask you, but again, this could be something you should be paid to say, but somebody's asking, what's your, what's your favorite food you found in Starkville so far? Yeah, favorite place to eat. Well, there's so many. That's that's a half hour debate right there. Well, I mean, see, yeah. I have to come over there a lot, and I'm wondering, am I missing some place? I mean, is there some kind of side that you can go look, Burgess? Don't forget this one. You got to come to this one. Um, well, yeah, there's so many. Okay, first of all, I've never had a bad meal at Harvey's, and Harvey's is a mainstay. Yeah, I like Harvey's. Uh, Starkville Start Cafe. I mean, that's uh, that's just old school home style food. Uh, great breakfast. Uh, the barbecue, you're at that discussion for a while. You got uh, you got little Dewey's. They just closed Petty's, which broke my heart. Mm. Uh, uh, the one off the beaten path is uh, is a spotlight uh, cafe. Uh, then Moses Good. I'm leaving somebody out. I'm trying to. Think. Now, what was that cafe uh, you just mentioned? Because I don't think I've hit that cafe yet. What was it called? The one you said a little off the beaten path. Uh, oh, uh, Spotlight Cafe. Or, yeah, Spotlight Cafe. Okay, yeah, that's one I have. I don't think I've tried that one yet, so I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> okay, and then um, great uh, seafood uh, is uh, WTF, Ooh. which uh, which allegedly stands for where the food's at. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I, I think the fact that you can go both ways depending on what mood you're in <laughs> uh, may, may help uh, – uh, may help, but the, uh, the seafood there is utterly outstanding. A lot of items, a lot of, oh, uh, two brothers, uh, have some great wings. So does WTF, WTF, uh, you know, just all the boiled seafood stuff. Oh, also, uh, I like frozen babies. I'm, I'm leaving a bunch of them out because, um, you know, the, the one thing I love about here is, uh, there's all these kind of non-chain places. Um, oh yeah, you got to. I mean, nothing uh, against mom and pop nothing like against it, yeah. the chains, but but I mean, because there's it, there's nothing like we have one location and it's here in the, the where you live. Yeah, well, in, in WTF, if you want the boiled, uh, uh, or you know the the, the 
the shrimp, the the, uh, the Dungeness crab, the oh, yeah. you know, the wing. Just get it oh, all in a stack there. I mean, just get a pile of know, it. It's, it's, it's outstanding. All right, so let me ask you this, Coach, and this this is where we're just going to be transparent with you. Okay, we've only got about a minute left. We desire to be friends with you. We and, want to be your friend, and, and 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 this relationship has been difficult for us to start. And I know today's just a beginning. You can't commit to this now, but I just want you to know that Rick and Bubba, we want to we want to hang out. We, we're I'm I'm wearing my Mississippi State shirt right now. I've got a kid there. We want you to be on the show more, and I know everybody does. <laughs> but but we have this You're bad demand. We have this bad habit in the past where like we interview people and we make a connection and we kind of think like we're friends. But then they don't really feel that way, and and we're and we're kind of delusional about it. Are you open to start at least as an acquaintance and try to work to some sort of a friendship here? Oh yeah, absolutely. And 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 uh, the great thing about down here, and I, I call my son Bubba because he was born in Valdosta. Great. Name. And if you say Bubba, I mean everybody will turn their head, so you got everybody's attention, which I find to be a pretty good system. Uh, because especially at Walmart, then you, just, then you just pick out the fellow you want, and then uh, Key, Key West they they kind of do it a little different. Um, but uh, uh, in Key West, like one of their uh, deals down there, you know, everything's solid with Bubba. All right, you got me, Bubba. <laughs> you say goodbye to somebody. All right, Bubba. And then, um, and then, uh, all right, Bubba, I'm heading out. Hey, Bubba, you want to go fishing tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. Every, every, everybody, no, I'd be happy to be on, uh, I'd be happy to be on any time. And if we play well, then usually I have good sportsmanship. If we play bad, I mean, I have bad sportsmanship, but, uh, uh, no, I mean, that's, that's what's exciting about well, this whole thing is, uh, is, uh, Everybody uh, together watching how it unfolds. Amen. You know? Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're. Well, you know, you can hear us there locally on Laser 961, so you can keep up with us there. Just remember 961 there in Startville, and uh, of course, those of you that are catching this, uh, you know, the maroon and white game is coming up this Saturday. Uh, the baseball team takes on Ole Miss, so there's a lot going on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday involving baseball and football. There at Mississippi State. Coach Leach, thank you for taking time to be with us. Continued uh, success. Sir. Yeah, and we look forward to hanging yep. out some more. All right. Sounds good when you come through uh, Starkville. Let me know. All right. We'll, we'll look you up. You know, we've got your cell phone now. If Speedy will give it to us. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the, um, the best way is to text. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because uh, I, uh, I uh, have the thing. Uh, the phone actually works, but it says I, I have it set up voicemail, and it says something to the effect yeah. where it makes you believe that uh, the phone may not work. But just text me. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I so, think that got Speedy once today. By yeah, the way, so, so remember, if I text you WTF, it means I want to eat something. We're going to meet. <laughs> yeah. So meet oh, you. No, no, you got to go. You got to go there. Yeah, will, he's uh, not questioning your play call. <laughs> he wants to go eat. Yeah. Mike Leach, thanks for taking time to be with us thanks, on this Kevin. edition. All of you for being here on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. 